1: Summer is here. Pack your bag with sunscreen, your emotional sport water bottle, and that steamy bee tree. But wait, don't stop there. This year, there's a new kind of essential that's right at your fingertips. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. Dipsystories.com slash pantsuit.
0: Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to 3rd Love, you can have both. comfort and support are guaranteed plus whether you're a double a cup or an h cup their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast they even invented half cups no more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit it's time to get your problem solved visit thirdlove.com and get 15 dollars off your order with code podcast 15 The dust is settling. But the outlook is far from clear.
1: This is Sarah from the left.
0: And Beth from the right.
1: You're listening to Pantsuit Politics.
0: No shouting, no insults, plenty of nuance.
1: Briefcase, before we get started, we wanted to tell you guys that next week we are going to launch our first Pantsuit Politics, is program the right word, Beth? What is it?
0: Yeah, Community challenge. Project maybe, Community Something Project like that. Challenge.
1: We're calling it Exit the Echo Chamber, and we will have a list of daily challenges for all of you to participate in in an effort to exit our own little echo chambers and attempt to do what we do on Pantsuit Politics, which is understand the other side. So get excited about that. If you have any ideas for things you think would help um, exit the echo chamber, send them our
0: way. And we want to, as always, thank our all-star subscribers, Christine, Sydney, Nicolette, Paige, Audrey, Ashley, Tracy, and Julie. Thank you so much for supporting Pantsuit Politics. If you'd like to learn more about supporting what we do here, please visit our website, pantsuitpoliticsshow.com. Your generosity means the world to us and enables us to keep doing this. So thank you very much. So...
1: I have spent, I'm much calmer, I'm not crying, even though I did sit down to show Griffin the meeting between um, President Obama and President-elect Trump today, and I started tearing up again, and he was like, Mom, the election's been two days, why are you still tearing up all the
0: time? (laughs) Well, it has been a very impressive couple of days from Hillary Clinton and President Obama. Just total class acts. Yep. Yep. I was really...
1: So proud to be her supporter as she gave her speech, and I don't know if you saw the viral photo that went around of somebody that encountered her on a walk in the woods with her dogs um, today or yesterday, and I just—it brought s- so much joy to my heart, first of all, to just be—think think of makeupless Hillary out on a walk with her husband and her dogs in the woods, which, listen, we should probably all take a page from her book and go for a walk in the woods, but— um You know, it was bittersweet, but it was really nice to think of her just out doing something normal. I'm sure it feels good even if she's still reeling from the election. And I was incredibly impressed um, by President Obama's speech and then welcoming President Elect Trump to the office so quickly. And, you know, I was encouraged by both of them. When they said that it was supposed to be a 15-minute meeting and they sat there together for an hour and a half talking, that gives me hope. It just
0: does. I agree. And I think that it sends the right message to the country that, you know, something I've said on this show before is that our protection is in the process. And I feel like our officials are doing a good job of reminding us that we might not like the outcome or, you know, lots of us are feeling lots of things about the outcome, but the the peaceful transfer of power is an end into itself. It's very important. And so I just really admire the way that they're handling this after all of the acrimony of the campaign.
1: And I've also spent a lot of time sort of soul searching about the future of the Democratic Party, which as Vox so lovingly put it is, (laughs) I think the headline was like the Democratic Party is in ashes or something like that. And I think that I guess what I told my friend the other day is if I hope nothing comes from this election, I hope that it leaves the political consultancy industry in shambles. I like very much that the Trump campaign proved that you don't need consultants and messaging gurus and data guys and all these things. And because I think that it is... What the Democratic Party has done is live on the coast and then think that every four years we're going to sweep across the country and have a message that works. And this year, the message for better or for worse came that came across was, and it's coming across now post-election, is if you don't agree with us, you're a racist. And that is not a winning message. It's also not right. And we have got to figure out how to talk about racism and sexism in a constructive way, both as, you know, ethically and morally concerned individuals in our own personal lives and as political parties, because, you know, just the name-calling and the talking past each other. And I don't want to imply that people have no right to be concerned about racism or that Donald Trump did not perpetuate racism in a lot of ways. Um, He did. It's awful. These these photos and videos that are coming out of people harassing people um, and committing hate crimes, let's just be honest about it, is awful and atrocious. And we have to take a moral and ethical stand about that. But like I said before, it's like we're depending on politics to do too much. Nobody thought that if we elected Hillary and Clinton or that we were going to cure racism, or that we were going to cure sexism and everything's going to be great. This is not a legislative battle. This is a battle for the hearts of minds of people and to, you know, to, to open people's experiences to other realities. And like, that's too much to ask of politics. And it's also
0: not clearly not a winning strategy. <laughs> I don't really know how to talk about this, to be honest, because I hear, um, all of the stories of horrible things happening in the wake of this election. And I don't know the validity of those stories and it seems to be up and down, but I know a lot of them are true and, Mm -hmm. and my default is to believe them until something suggests otherwise. Right. And Mm -hmm. I also am not going to question anyone's fear because I am constrained by my life experiences and, I'm a white woman living in the suburbs. I've lived my entire life in the state of Kentucky. And so no one has ever said to me that I shouldn't hold my husband's hand in public. And no one has ever looked at me on an airplane like my presence makes them afraid. Mm. And no one has ever given me... A glance in a high-end department store that suggests I'm there to do anything other than shop. And so there's this whole universe of experience that I don't have and I can't have it. And so I don't want to say anything that tells people who've had those experiences that I know something that they don't. I don't. I also don't want to berate people who I believe to be good and who I think voted for Donald Trump for reasons that don't have anything to do with sexism or racism or xenophobia. And I I don't know how to have this conversation because I think that people in both places are still justifiably very emotional and sensitive. And in some ways, especially on the part of people who voted for Trump, defensive. And Mm -hmm. I understand why we're every message from our culture right now is that they should be. And so I don't want to add to that or subtract from the very real pain and fear that other people are living in. I I, I can only be what I am. And and what that is, is a person who who doesn't know how to have this conversation.
1: Well, and I just think that for me, it's like we're talking to and about different two different people and about different things. and we have to acknowledge that in no way, shape or form when I want to say, hey, let's slow up if you didn't if you voted for Donald Trump, you're a racist. I don't want to say like you don't have the right to grieve this election. I'm grieving. That's what I realized last night last night I just thought, oh, this is grief. I hate grief. I don't want to do this. <laughs> I hate grief. It's the worst emotion of all the emotions and I like emotions. And I'm just kind of like, I don't want to do that. But, like, everybody has to have the space to do that. Absolutely. And I think that, that we can say that. We can say, like, your experience is valid. I'm not telling you how to feel. And make a little space to have a conversation about, especially because, again, I just keep emphasizing, like, we have to just talk about politics, but like I think what happens is this becomes such a so about identity, and I think what happened with so many Trump voters is that you know people don't people don't say to themselves, "I'm racist." They think I don't treat people unfairly, and I would never do that. And unconscious bias is unconscious for a reason, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so they in that so they say, I think what what I hear people telling me anyway is. Well, I'm not a racist. I voted for him for this, these X, Y, and Z reasons. And so, and that just didn't affect their identity as far as like, I don't feel like that. So it doesn't matter what he says because I don't feel like that. And I hear that. And I also hear people, and I feel like this to a certain extent, that if it wasn't a disqualifier, that is a racist belief to say there is a, there is a racist sort of privilege and assumption to say like, that's not a disqualifying thing. For Donald Trump to say racist things because I'm not racist, like that's a that's a privileged position. Like all, but like I'm really into this idea. Like I learned on a podcast called I think it's called Santosha, and it's like not you don't say but you just say and. My kids are driving me instead of my oh I love my kids but they are driving me crazy which sort of negates the first thing you just say and I love my kids and they're driving me crazy. I see why you think voting for Trump is nothing but racism. And I see why you voted for Trump under the belief that you are not a racist. Both things are true. Like, I feel like that's how we have to have the conversation is to say, like, there's not a right answer. Every All of these are true. Like, I wrote earlier on my Facebook page, like... 60 million people voted for Hillary Clinton and about 60 million people voted for Donald Trump. And none of us can fathom the universe of human experience that's contained in 60 million, 120 million people. I can't really wrap my head around the experiences contained in the 4,000 people that voted for me. And like, we just have to realize like all these things can be true and it sucks and it's hard to live in that complexity and not we want answers and we want easy conclusions and we're not going to get those and we just have to swim around in it for a while guys we just have to (laughs) float around and not having an answer and not picking sides and acknowledging the humanness of every person that cast a vote no matter who they cast a vote for or if they didn't cast a vote, or if they were reacting with anger and hurt to who you voted for. Like, it just, we gotta do that. Summer is here. Pack your bag with sunscreen, your emotional support water bottle, and that steamy treat. But wait, don't stop there. This year, there's a new kind of essential that's right at your fingertips. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, spicy audio stories. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash pantsuit.
0: Dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year is going by so quickly, and I had a little bit of a moment of panic about it this week. I thought to myself, I'm losing track of time. It's going so fast. It's going to be December before I know it. My kids are growing up, and I just kind of was spinning out. And I stopped, and I closed my eyes, and I pictured my last therapist, who I haven't seen since the end of 2020. But I remember the way he talked to me through these issues, and I sort of channeled his energy and put my feet on the ground and thought, this is just how time feels now, and there's nothing wrong with that or right about it. It just is those skills that I learned in therapy are so important to helping me take a second to celebrate what's going right and decide what I want to adjust for the rest of the year. If you're thinking of starting therapy, which I cannot recommend enough, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit betterhelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash pantsuit. The second most stressful thing after planning a trip is packing
1: for it. This is true. This is a true story. I have just told you the clothes I have don't fit, they don't go together the way I want them to, or I'm missing some essential piece. And then I discovered Quince. It's my go to for high quality vacation essentials, like this premium European linen dress that's going to get us all through the heat wherever we're traveling. Blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, premium luggage options, and so much more. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than their similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I got big plans for my Quince chiffon pleated skirt. In Japan, they like a loose, flowy look over there to battle the heat, I will be adopting that strategy with that skirt. Pack your bags with high quality essentials from Quince. Go to quince.com slash pantsuit for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q U I N C E.com slash pantsuit to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash pantsuit.
0: I have this moment of kind of an epiphany today about how profoundly unproductive a lot of our national political discussions are. So I've talked before on this show about how I'm part of the Leadership Northern Kentucky class. It's a program that our Chamber of Commerce puts together, and today was one of our class sessions, and it was on sustainability. And so we had this hour-long panel on sanitation, which I know sounds like an incredibly sexy subject. Um So we talked about the challenges of managing human waste and how our systems for doing that are very, very old systems and they have not been maintained well. And these systems in Kentucky are not publicly funded. They are funded by revenue generated when we pay for our water. And so they're fees based on water usage. And so those of us who are trying to conserve water are driving down the revenue available to maintain the sewage system. Mm. And the Environmental Protection Agency has imposed a ton of regulations on the sanitation districts, and they need to increase our rates in order to meet those guidelines. But when they do that, the people most hurt by that are the people at the bottom of the socioeconomic ladder. So you have income inequality, environmental issues, and infrastructure all running into each other here. Mm. No reasonable human being would disagree with any of the goals at work there. Everyone wants clean water. Everyone wants good infrastructure to meet our most fundamental needs. Everyone wants poor people to be able to pay for their water, right?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And none of that's partisan, and and it's, it just struck me that we are talking we are we're injecting partisan politics into every conversation when it doesn't solve a damn thing that matters to people's lives every day. And I was sitting there thinking, you know, for the first time, I think I can wrap my mind around a perspective on Donald Trump that makes him attractive. Now, Mm -hmm. now hang with me and let me know. I'm here with you. I don't hang. I'm there.
1: I know what you're going to say. I'm with you.
0: And for our listeners who are, um, you know, not open to this, let me just remind you that I have not for one second considered voting for Donald Trump ever. I did not vote for him. I would not. What I'm about to say does not change all the things that I have said about him. But I want to understand this. And today I feel like I did. Part of so. So. Let's go back to sanitation. There are those real problems that these folks are combating every day. This real complex collision of interests, where it's just about priorities and how do you stretch, if you have one dollar, how do you stretch that dollar to meet all the needs of it, right? But another layer is all of the jurisdictions that have a stake in this and all of the committees and all of the advisory boards and all of the people who are... Um, running for office on the promise of lowering the water rates and fixing the infrastructure problems, right? And who don't know what they're talking about at all when they say that. And I, for a minute, could could put myself in the position of thinking, you know, someone like Donald Trump is not going to let process get in the way of a good result. Mm-hmm. Someone like Donald Trump would walk in here and say, "Fix it," and until you fix it. You know, if you don't, everyone's fired here. And I'm going to get some people who can fix this. Mm-hmm. I can see how people would look at Donald Trump and and say, I trust myself not to be racist or sexist. I trust myself to care about Muslims. I trust him to get the pipes fixed. And that's yeah. what I need right now. Yeah. And I can I can I can get myself in the position of contrasting that with Hillary Clinton, who right or wrongly, rightly or wrongly embodies a lot of that sense of committees and bureaucracy, and we're trying to get there, but it's slow and steady progress. And there's nothing wrong with those things. But when we're talking, I think that a lot of the good versus evil battle that the Democratic Party tried to make this election is so esoteric mm-hmm. and philosophical to a lot of people. And, and listen, again, I understand that there's privilege baked into that, because if you're walking down the street and someone is harassing you because of the color of your skin or who you love or your gender, that's not esoteric and philosophical. But right. for the people who don't experience that, I understand how they trust themselves to be kind and do good and trust him to fix the pipe or keep the factory or whatever their most pressing need is.
1: Yep. Well, and I just think that, you know, people, I went to Vox Conversations and we talked over and over and over again in very highfalutin intellectual ways about that the system is broken. And I know it's not very highfalutin or intellectual to say, then blow it up, but I think people thought a lot that... Donald Trump, every time he broke a rule and kept going, every time he said, I'm not going to give my, everybody's giving their tax returns. Well, I'm not going to. So every time he said, I'm not going to give my tax returns and I'm not, I'm going to say what I want and I'm going to go on Twitter and not be super careful about everything I say and I'm going to screw up and I'm going to say, oh, I didn't mean to say that. Like every time he sort of broke these traditional rules, it felt like he was saying, well, the system's broken, and I'm not going to follow by rules from a broken system. And that appealed to people, and I can see why. And today, when they were, I was listening to something they were talking about, Donald Trump doesn't owe the Republican Party anything. And I thought, I get the appeal of that. I get the appeal of he doesn't owe anybody anything. Like, he does as far as the establishment goes. Like, he can roll into Washington, and to a certain extent... You know, we still have processes and we still have checks and balances. But, like, there is there is an appeal of, like, he doesn't have this long list of influential donors, sort of. He um, hasn't worked his way up on the backs of favors from other people in the party. You know, like, there is an appeal to that. There just is.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of people said to themselves, I wish he weren't the messenger for this, but he's what we've got. Yep. So I'm I going think so with too.
1: It. I think so, too.
0: And, and honestly...
1: I, and I think Thomas Freeman, somebody quoted him earlier, and I think that um, it was like American people decided they wanted radical change, and if it came through a racist, sexist, you know, politically incorrect, at times buffoon, then that was okay with them. They didn't care. You know, I, hear, I heard that from people. I don't like him, but I want change. Or, I don't like him, but I don't want any more. And if you said if it was – And every time, you know, he wouldn't get a newspaper endorsement or all these experts and establishment, including ex-presidents, said he can't do it. He's not qualified. People just heard he's different. He's different. He's different.
0: Yeah. And in a lot of ways, I think that the postmortem so far on this election is just missing that because Mm -hmm. there's so much talk about. Was it James Comey or was it that the media made people feel complacent or You know, was it the emails or was it Russia's interference in the election? I think that's all missing it, because I think that if you start pouring into the numbers that maybe actually drove the result, they've been kind of stable throughout Mm -hmm. the whole process. I think that this cake might have been baked months ago and we got wrapped up, as a lot of people did, in the daily narrative Mm-hmm. Written by people who think deep thoughts for a living instead of our working on our pipes and our power and, you know, in factories. And I I think that all of the it's funny that all of the self-reflection that the media is new, doing now is still all about them. Yeah. Right. It's now it's just how did we all get this so wrong when a good story and the story that needs to be told right now is like, what is actually happening in America? What are people actually feeling?
1: And I want to be clear.
0: The people who are bureaucrats
1: and politicians in Washington, D.C., and the elite Harvard-educated media experts and the political pundits at CNN and Fox News and all these elite establishment people are Americans, and they have a right to a say in what they think America should look like. They are no more, the people who live in Paducah, or in quote-unquote, you know, regular America, are no more noble than the people that live in New York City, and vice versa. I am not looking to split us up into teams anymore. Like, I'm not saying that they're, that, you know, this us and them of rural cities media elite establishments are like we need everybody okay like i'm not saying one one part of the country has some sort of monopoly on nobility or righteousness or um sort of the real america like let's just get over that okay completely
0: agree 100 i don't want to
1: do this anymore like i don't want to do real america Big city, like, just, I I really need that narrative to stop. And just, let's just, we're all here together. We're not going to split up. And as a Democrat, it's important to me that, you know, we have a real functioning party. And we got a little top-heavy. And we put all our eggs in the presidential basket. And that was poor strategy. And let's just do political strategy instead of... um you know, saving the world from evil. Like I don't, I'm not interested in that anymore. I think that there are better institutions for that purpose. I'm not even sure I believe in evil, but if I do, there's better institutions to handle it than the Democratic Party. We are ill-equipped to rid the world of bigotry, okay? Like that's not our job. Our job is to elect people who share, a vision for what policies help the most people, no matter what part of the country they live in. And I wanna get back to doing that. EarthBreeze eco sheets look just like a dryer sheet, but it's ultra concentrated liquidless laundry detergent. It's the best of all worlds. EarthBreeze is tough on stains and odors while being kind to the planet and your skin. So it's good for sensitive skin. It reduces plastic waste. All of these things are true and amazing, but let's get to the heart of it. Y'all know I have a laundry system. You know it revolves around training children, as young as possible, to do their own laundry. Earth Breeze Sheets feels like they were invented for this. Because littles maybe sometimes struggle with those big heavy jugs. Or maybe you worry about the pods, but here we go, here we go, y'all. Earth Breeze Eco Sheets. It's like the perfect solution. A child as young as two can handle these sheets. And even with toddlers, like you can get them involved. And this is a way to get them helping with laundry even before they could do it themselves. Ugh, gotta love it so much. Right now our listeners can receive 40% off EarthBreeze just by going to earthbreeze.com slash pantsuit. That's earthbreeze.com slash pantsuit to cut out single use plastic in your laundry room and claim 40% off your subscription
0: earthbreeze.com slash pantsuit. Do quite a bit of hosting here at the Silvers household and I think there is nothing that completes a table for dinner. like A beautiful loaf of bread and Wild Grain has made that so simple because they send gorgeous loaves of sourdough bread. Lots of spins on the ingredients but always just this They even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit. It's time to get your problem solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with code PODCAST15. I'd like the Republican Party to do that as well. Word. And I think that... So right now, I think that it's horrific to think about people being treated badly because of some permission slip that the way Trump spoke about people was granted, right? Mm -hmm. I also think there are ways to be more productive in helping people who are legitimately afraid than burning an effigy of our Mm president-elect and talking about how this is not your president. I still believe in the framework of America. Now, look, everybody's got to grieve in their own ways. And again, I'm not trying to take anything away from people's feelings. I do think that orienting our actions towards what's productive is what's called for right now. And the Republican Party needs to get it together and fast because the pressure of not being in a divided government is immense. This Mm -hmm. means there is no cover. None. If the Republican Party can't govern effectively now, then they can't govern at all. There are no excuses. And They're going to have to cope with the fact that given that there's no cover, what part of the party are they going to prioritize? And are they going to govern for everyone or not?
1: Yeah. And isn't it depressing to think that, let's see, Obama was elected in 2008. So let's say we get through Trump's first term and we do 12 years and we have these two small little windows when each party had its ch- chance to govern uncovered. And all we did was pass Obamacare and then repeal it. That's what we took to our time to do. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we did. I do.
0: Ugh, that's I depressing. Do. It is depressing. And, and I want to say right into this microphone that I don't think it's a good thing to have all branches of government controlled by one party, Mm-mm. whichever party that is. I like about America that we tend to go for divided government. So I think that it is really, really important that the Republican Party use this as a chance to really put its money where its mouth is. You want to go back and refresh that autopsy from 2012 about what the party ought to do. Much more important in how you actually govern than how you campaign. So let's see it, you know, and I hope I hope that they can do it. And I just think looking back on it.
1: You know, John Favreau told this story about Obama and Obamacare and how, you know, people were like, you'll lose a second term, your approval ratings will plummet. And he said this, you know, no." Obama said this really noble thing about, like, I'm not going to just put my approval ratings on a shelf to look at. Like, they're not precious. I want to get something done. I want to get something done that will help people. And I think he's right. And I think that maybe the best thing wasn't, passing something with absolutely no bipartisan support. And I know people are going to say Republicans were obstructionist, he would have gotten no support no matter what he did and maybe that's true. But I I guess all those are true. I don't know what you do. Like I just think like we can't just be like, well we'll get in charge and we'll force what we want down your throats and then you'll then we'll react and then you'll be in charge and you'll force what you want down our throats and like I don't, uh, so we're not getting
0: anything done. I 100% agree with that. And I guess that what we're saying is that we want leaders who will actually lead and lead with courage instead of leading in campaign mode. Mm. I was thinking last week and then even more this week, um, especially in light of some of the messages that we've been getting, you know, our show would be more popular if we agreed about everything. And we're just a place where people who totally agreed with us came to have their own beliefs reinforced. Mm-hmm. I believe that 100%. I think we would be much, much more successful as a podcast if people were not challenged here. But that's what we think government should look like, right? That there that there should be different beliefs at the table. And I think that our senators and representatives for several years and the White House to some extent, extent have been putting their words out into the world only for people who agree with them. Mm-hmm. And it's just time to stop that. Yep. And yeah. maybe that is a silver lining of a Donald Trump figure in our politics where a lot of people voted for him without agreeing with every word he said because they at least believed what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Whether they should have or not will be, you know, borne out. I I have concerns about that. But I think there's a good message in we don't have to be on the same page about everything. In fact, we shouldn't be. We do a better job when we're not. And and I hope that that leads to better governance. The other thing I want to say is, like, if you feel compelled to do something right now, do it. And do it yeah. in a productive way. Run for office. Pick an office and run. I have never in my life wanted to run for office. And yesterday I thought... I need to pick an office and run. Yeah, that's that's what we all need to be doing. You know, Not we it only just do. a
1: year in electing Donald Trump. That was my goal.
0: <laughs> I that's a that is a steep price for the universe. <laughs> but, um, but no, no, I mean, I think that if I'm going to sit here and be be sad about what I perceived as very entrenched sexism in this campaign, then I need to. Get up and do something about it, you know, Well, and, look, and, and so do all the competent women I know and all the people of color and all of the gay and lesbian and trans people like let's not wait for somebody else to protect our rights. Like, let's get up and demand it ourselves. Well, and here's the thing. It can
1: happen. Do you know how many Republicans voted for me? Do you know how many people voted for Donald Trump and then moved out of the ballot and voted for me? A lot. And. You know, my friend Mike, who we argue, and we argue about a lot of things, but he is a loving, caring man. And he said, you're the only Democrat I voted for. And you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. Little bit by little bit. And it is hard, and it stretches you, and it feels like growing pains, right? It feels like, wait, my brain has hit a a wall because what my brain tells me is that anyone that doesn't agree with me is a bad person. But what my heart is telling me is that's not true. Y'all, the woman I was talking about on the last podcast, I went into her today and she was, as always, picked up my little boy like he was her own and loved on him. And she congratulated me on winning. And I said, I want to congratulate you on Trump. I know that you really supported him and I'm happy for you and i could barely say it before us without crying and she said thank you that's so nice you know there's no need for it to be ugly on facebook that really means a lot i think it's great that you that we can you know we're in this together and we can all work together and i said that's right and it was so hard <laughs> but it was so worth it because the things that are hard are the
0: things that were worth it in politics and everything else i think that's a great, good way to wrap it up so <laughs> Um you guys have asked us a lot of questions. I'll just share with you that I am usually better at asking questions than answering them. <laughs> but we will do our best. Um as you can probably tell like we haven't really gotten into the data yet. We'll do that at some point. We'll do lots of postmortem on this, but right now it's we're still kind of getting through it and We try to always be honest with you about where we are. So we'll be back with you next Tuesday for a regularly scheduled episode. Stay tuned for our Exit the Echo Chamber Challenge, which we're very excited about. Take care of yourselves. Feel what you need to feel. Contact us. Thank you for your patience in our response. And keep it nuanced, y'all.